0: You see, you have to find the source. I will look at the first post in to Va'yichai. Right? You see, it's the first, second, the third source on the page. It says Va'yichai Yaakov That's last week's parsha, by the way. That's the connection. Va'yichai Yaakov Beres Shana. That's what the pasuk says. Mm -hmm. Okay, introduction to the parsha Va'yichii, which is the parsha that describes the death of Yaakov. The brachot, right? You remember, it was last week, not so long ago. Rashi says Va'yichii Yaakov. Rashi focuses on the word Va'yichii. That there is something special about the life of Yaakov, Lama Parshas stuma So I I I think we tried to explain that. You know, there's no break between the two parashiyot Lama Parshas stuma Visha Kevad Shadavtar Yaakov Avinu Nistemu Enayev bamsha Yisrael Mitzarata Sheabud Sheetchilu Lishabdam. So Rashi kind of, it's like a little strange. He's making a drasha on a word that's not in the Pasuk. Like the word stuma. That's like, the word stuma leads me to an understanding. But the word stuma is not written in the, in the Chumash, right? You understand. It's just a word that describes the reality. So what is why is the what does Tzuma bring me to? Right? Nistimu and the heavenly bam Yisrael mitzarat ha-shiabut Nistimah mitzarat ha Which I think means it happened to them without thinking about it. They they, they didn't notice it. Tzarat ha I mean they must have noticed it eventually but it didn't occur to them that that's what was going to happen. In any event, Rashi says, "Davar akher. You see the Rashi, "Davar Acher." Now, "Davar Acher" is like you know you could talk for a long time on why Rashi brings two Perushim sometimes, why there's a "Davar Acher" uh, option, yeah, but but we won't talk about that. But I just you know it's a reasonable question to ask. Like, why does Rashi do it? Especially in this case, where both of the um, both of the perushim, uh, are connected to each other in some way. You see, says It's another interpretation of stuma, another kavod teresh or where it's not written in the pasuk. Okay, another pasuk, the next one. Uh, Yaakov says, this is what I want to do. I want to tell you what's going to be. I mean I don't know when Achrit Yamim is, but whenever it is, whatever it is, Yaakov says, I want to tell you how this whole story is going to end, you know like this like here you are in Goshen. That's certainly not where you're supposed to be. There's going to be slavery. I'd like to tell you what's going to be. So Rashi says, I I don't know if it's the same thing as we said before. That's the same thing. That uh, that, uh, Yaakov wanted to tell them what was going to be. So he talked about Ruvein and Shimon and Levi, but he got to Yehuda. If you remember from last week, he got to Yehuda. He talked about the Mashiach. He talked about Malchut Beit David continuing forever. If you remember, that he said, the Rashi goes out of his way to say that Malchut Beit David includes Reshe Gola. Reshe In Bavel, there was like a kind of an administrative position called Reishe Gola. And it, it happened that the first ones in Bavel were from the family of David HaMelech. So the Rashi says, that's the case. David HaMelech, it'll continue forever. So, I don't understand why Rashi wants to tell me. But he did. He was with Gale, all kinds of cats. What cats didn't ya- Yaakov Avinu uh, reveal to his sons? What cats? So, the cats that he didn't reveal to his sons is clear from the opening Psukim in Parshat Shmot, which is on the top of the sheet. Right? First there's the list of the of the children of uh, of Yaakov. That's a separate problem. But if you look in uh, Pasuk Vav, Pasukvav, Pasukvav says Hadorahu. They all died. Yosef died, the brothers died, Vasuk Zayin, B'nai Yisrael paru v'yishritzu v'yirbu v'yatsmu v'ma'od ma'od That doesn't sound bad. v'atim alei ha'aretz otam That's what it says that uh, that B'nai Yisrael did very well. They're living in Eretz Goshen living in Eretz Goshen and they're producing a lot of children which is one of the simanim of, of wealth by yerbu maod maod, but he malei haaretz otam We don't know what haaretz. Are. I guess uh, they lived in Goshen, but he malei haaretz otam. It is whatever you think. Pasuk chet vaYakov melech hadash al Mitzrayim hashelo yadat Yosef. So here you you understand, you understand. VaYakov melech hadash. Look at the Rashi. It's like sort of to the left. So you know that Rabbi and Shmuel, when they disagree about something which is called Agadita, you know what Agadita is? It's not a halacha. A story. They disagree about the story. Rashi quotes both of them. Rashi quotes both of them. For example, V'yit ha'esha Sheva. Whether well, it's this kind of aishel or that kind, is the machloked of rabbi and shmuel. So whatever there's a machloked rabbi shmuel about agadata, Rashi always quotes both of them, which uh, which lachita uh, Well, Rashi makes sense because there's no way to be machria. There's no need to be machria to determine who is right or what is right. So whatever there's a machloked rabbi and shmuel, they're both right. Rabbi's right, shmuel is right. Everybody's right. <laughs> so Rashi, Rashi says, Melech two opinions, Chadamah Chadamah So in other words, the Jews were living with Gzeirot in Mitzrayim, but it wasn't so terrible. I mean, they didn't run away. They could have run away, I think. After all, they paruvah, and yishvitzuvah, why did they run away? Because it wasn't so bad, you know how it is. You know how it is, right? You live in a place, and so the GoYim beat beat up on the Jews a little bit. So the Jews say, "Okay, it's bad, but it's more. It's it, we're still getting good time on television. You know, like the Jews are talking on television and explaining why." Uh, how terrible it is but you could put up with it, right? There's this kind of put up with it attitude. I don't remember it from Germany but I heard that it it was the same in Germany. Maybe it was. So Rashi says Rashi says uh, Rashi says that it's like that they really had a tenuous Life in Egypt even though even though they had a good life but it was in part because of Yaakov, uh, Yosef's power Yosef, Yosef was an extraordinarily powerful personality and so the, the family of Yosef benefited from that but when Yosef died everything changed Yosef died, everything changed Another puzzle. Vayomer Elamo. This is Paro. Hinei Am Yisrael, Rava menu. He says the new Paro comes and he says, Hey, there's a lot of them. I mean, we didn't we didn't contract for this when Yosef brought his father and his brothers to Eretz Yisrael, so there were seventy of them. I know you could fight about whether it's 69 or 70, but let's say 70. There were 70. 70 doesn't sound like a big deal. But they became a lot more than 70. And that was a problem that everybody could understand. Because nobody wants their culture to be invaded by a foreign culture. And according to Chazal, there were people learning Torah. With Yaakov, first with Yaakov, then with Yosef, with his children. Yaakov with the children of Yosef. Uh, They were creating a culture within a culture, which usually, you know, I mean, I'm not a historian, but I like to think about history. And it doesn't seem to work out. Right? The best times in the diaspora that's outside of Eretz Yisrael, the best times usually lead to bad times. Because success is problematic. Success is problematic because if, uh, like the Chassidish guys, they're right. They are right. If you wear funny clothes, it'll be a barrier between you and the culture that's out to get you. They're right. But if you wear funny clothes, it will encourage them to get you. It, it was, you can't win here. You can't win. The only thing you can do is live in Eretz where nobody cares if you wear funny clothes. So, another Pasukh in other words Paro says we have a problem I can't just I can't just enslave them I can't get up tomorrow morning and announce all the Jews in Goshen are slaves they, they were free and now they're slaves I can't do that so what do I have to do? I have to look I have to be clever about this. Pen bed. There will be more and more of them. Lest. And then something will happen. There will be some catastrophe. of milchama. So you see that Paro understood that enslaving Am Yisrael was a process. He couldn't do it in a day even though in theory at least he was the strong guy and B'nai Yisrael were the weak people the Jews were weak, weaker no longer protected by Yosef, nevertheless Paro speaks to whoever he spoke to and then the new Paro speaks to whoever he spoke to and he said we can't do it we can't do it all at, all at once so if I were there I would ask this question Lamalogi Lala Besides which besides which Yaakov the Ketz if was already determined. Did Makarish Baruch speak to Avraham Avinu and tell Avramavinu four hundred years you'll be enslaved in Egypt and then you'll get out? Isn't that a worthy Ketz to pass on to B'nai Israel, to his to children and grandchildren? So the answer is that it's not. That you have to understand or you have to agree that slavery with a ketz is different than slavery without a ketz. And if it is true that B'nai Yisrael did not trust, I mean, this is what I, th- I think is correct, that B'nai Yisrael did not trust that the promise to Avram Avinu was still... Being enforced in heaven, Avraham Avinu, said to Avraham Avinu, four hundred years, right? You'll be slaves in Egypt, in a in a foreign land, and after four hundred years, you'll get out. And the slavery was so so bad that they were only there for two hundred and some odd years. They couldn't take it, B'nai Yisrael, so they were not certain that the promise in its original form, which was that slavery leads to freedom, would be enforced. Yaakov wanted to explain to them that they're going to go into a difficult time, it's going to be a bad patch, but they will be freed at the end. Yaakov again, because Avraham had to... F- Find that out, and then took had the brachot repeated him, and then Yaakov had the, the, the brachot repeated him, and now again is the time for Yaakov to say, "There's a ketz I will because the freedom that is generated by slavery, which was a necessary prerequisite for Kabbalat Torah, you can all think about why that that's true, that in order to understand. That slavery to Hakadosh Baruch Hu through the mitzvot of the Torah is something special. In order to get that message into your head, you have to be slaves. You have to find out what it means to be denied any kind of free will, right? You, can, you, you don't have necessarily a bad life as a slave. You just don't have free will. And the guarantee in the Torah, at least according to the Rambam, I mean the Sukkim seem to indicate it, is that. We are free will creations. And the free will that we have is limited only by God's will. Only by God's will. And even that is not not the case. So when Yaakov looked around, he wanted to do something for his children. He wanted to tell them something which would make life easier for them. Which would make it more possible for them to, to live. And so he says, "What I wanted to do was tell them that the slavery will definitely come to an end." Nistalkami menu, Hakadosh Baruch didn't Nistalkami <inaudible> menu or misdalkashchinami <inaudible> menu. Hakadosh Baruch says, "You can't tell them that. You can't tell them again that it's going to come to an end because that's a different kind of slavery. A slave who knows that he's going to be freed." has a different attitude about slavery. He's not the same person. He's not the same person who is enslaved with the kind of hopelessness of slavery. So I kudachbo said to Yaakov, that you can't tell them. Mm -hmm. You can tell them all kinds of things. There are things that are very far off in the future and that won't influence their understanding of reality particularly and might make them feel a little bit better. But you can't tell them that the slavery is going to come to an end. Because that kind of slavery is not preparatory. It does not produce the kind of people that can accept the Torah and be enslaved to it, to the, to the Torah. So the first thing that I think uh, we should mention, and this, this has, uh, if you go through the parasha, because the branch, I think it has ramifications. And it's worth it's worth a look. It's worth a look. You see, you see uh, uh, already from the time of Avramavinu, already the time of Avram Avinu, it's another another postage. If you look at the second, uh, the second source. So you know, there were two promises that were made to Abraham. far off, far off promises. One had to do with progeny, right? Big. You're going to be big? I think that that promise has not yet been fulfilled, right? We're bigger than we might have been. But we're also not as big as we might really have been. So everybody, we all know that. So You still hold out Hold hope. What? So you still hold out hope that 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 will be Hope. Yeah. I don't know what what is hope. Uh, hope. And you don't catch you, know. You, know, you, know, you know. what I mean. Uh, again, I need... me ken, me oh, yeah. You can fool yourself, well, if it's only dependent on hope. Even Avram, That's a powerful posuk. right? But that's about the promise of progeny. What about uh, uh, what about the other promise? There's another promise. That has to do with Eretz Yisrael. Oh. And that comes after Hotzaiti. Hotzaiti. You know that word Hotzaiti? Hotzaiti. is the same word that's used with the Yitzhiah for Mitzrayim. Same. I mean, okay. It's not exactly the same. But HaKadosh right, but Baruch Hu says to Avraham You know there's a Hotzaiti that I promise you. I promise you Hotzaiti. But I promise you, letayt lechata aretz hazot lerishta. Did Avraham Avinu get the Aratz lerishta? Okay, he bought marata machpeila, but maybe he got it, maybe he didn't get it. What does it mean? What does it say? Vayomer pasukchet vayomer Hashem Elokim bama eda ki irashena bama eda ki irashena. What a depressing statement that Avraham Avinu. Said I mean, yeah. says to him "I'm giving it to you. Take it. You'll take it, or you'll get it." I remember he comes to Eretz goes to Shechem. It's a walk. He goes to Shechem, comes back to uh, to Beit El, comes to you. Know, he's he's back and forth. Back and forth he travels. Travels the land. He fights battles in Eretz Canaan. And he says, "Bamay da ki irashena." Everybody should know the Rashi because it's it's a Rashi that that creates a kind of world. It's it's a world view. How could Abu Avinu say, "Bamay da ki irashena"? How could Avraham Avinu say it? So look at the Rashi. Lefi pshuto vayotzeo to achutsa he took him outside to see the stars. So he says, uh, you know the were the, the magicians, the soothsayers and he said, ben there was, uh, there was this problem that uh, Avraham had with reality, according to Rashi. You know, people hundred years old, ninety years old, they generally don't have children. So there's <coughs> a problem, Mazalot. Which we're not so interested in, but the דבר Rashi says in pasuk vav. Rashi in pasuk vav, Lo Ot al He didn't ask for a sign that he would inherit the land. That's uh, I'm sorry about progeny. Tell me that I'm going to inherit the land. He had emunah about progeny. But when he came to the land of Canaan, he was not uh, he was not uh, clear to him to Abra that he would inherit it. What is schut? What does the word schut mean? What is the merit that I can speak about that'll make it Certain that we inherit the land. In 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 other words, progeny. Avraham Avinu didn't refer to because Avraham Adav received the bracha, Noah received the bracha, It's like the normal. It, it's a normal life, a normal world. In it, it itself is not a bracha. It could be that the, that the amount of children is a bracha, but Avraham Avidu is not worried that that would be a suspension of having children because that's part of the created world. That's part of the bracha that was given to Adam Rishon and to Noah. However, for Eretz Canaan, for a piece of the earth, for a piece of the earth, you need a schut. That's what Rashi says, or Rashi quotes. A piece of earth, you need a schut. Beis a schut, yid kaimuba, amalu, akodesh b'chu, bischut hakorbanot, bischut hakorbanot. What does that mean? Why bischut hakorbanot? The merit will come through giving sacrifice. Why doesn't the merit come through eating a matzah on Pesach? Okay, there are korbanot that are given daily, but what is what is the point? What is the point of schut that So there is a a gemara. See the gemara by at the bottom of the page. It says this. Amar Listen to this. This is like a great, a great... I don't, you know... I don't usually editorialize. But this is really a great Gemara. <laughs> yeah. I know we're living in a world of daf yomi. Where there's no Gemara, there's only a daf. Uh, but uh, I'm from a different world I'm from a different world people keep asking me if I did the daf today I said I don't know enough Gemara to do the daf I get distracted all the time by the daf the daf distracts me I see all these people are learning the naviyomer. They're not distracted by anything. They just plow. It's wonderful. Anyway, anyway, by my Shed on the said, how do I know I'm going to inherit the land? I'm not asking you about children, but I'm asking you about inheritance. For the inheritance you need, schut. I don't know if I'm going to have schut, and I don't. know if My children are going to have the schut. Omar, Avraham, Rebben, Shalom, Shem Yisrael, Chot Emle for This explanation, maybe B'nai Yisrael will sin. Atal Selahem, Kedor HaMabul, Kedor HaPlaga. You, Akados are very proven to me that punishment that punishment is possible, real punishment. Dor HaMabul. A door He says, "Amaleh lav." He says, "No." He says, "If they do, if they if they sin, they're not going to get it." for So if you can't guarantee it for my children, what are you? What what's the point of me getting it? I mean, how am I going to get it? I don't have it. And you say, my children, if they sin, they're also not going to have it. He said, no, bring a korban. Bring a korban. That's what it says in the Chumash, in the continuation. So the gemara says, In other words, Akanish Bach answered the question. The question was the schut that will enable the Nei Israel, the children who will be born, to inherit the land. The schut is the korbanot that they will give. So Avravino doesn't stop. He said, so if there's no Beit HaBikdash, there's no Korbanot, there's, no there's, no there's no S'chut, there's no Eretz Yisrael. So what, what, what are you giving me? Avram Avinu. What do you, HaKodesh Borch, will give to me if, there's, if you can't guarantee that my children will hold on to the land? And we know, we know from our experience that this is the truth. This is, This is the truth. So Ra Avabinu says, he asks, Tidach Mizmancha Beitomigdash Kayam, I understand, as long as the Beitomikdash exists, Bismanshain Baita Migdash Kayam Matahe Alehem. So what about them? What about the children that are born in in uh to, to to Jewish parents when there's no Baita Mikdash? Amalo Kvartikanti Lahem Say the Koba Not. Baruch who says, I put a lot of material about Korbanot in the Torah. It's full of sukim about the Torah. When they read the words of Korbanot in the Torah, Lefanai, So this is where this strange idea comes from. And therefore, if they just read the psukim, and you know, in psukim de zimra before psukim de zimra, the sitter in the morning, all those pages that you skip, and you don't say, those pages that you skip are based on that gemara, on this gemara that we just learned, because what is in those those uh, what is in those pages? We say the, 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 the we, first, we say Birkata Torah. We say other stuff also, but start with Birkata Torah. Yes? yes? So, usually, when you make a brachat, mitzvah, you have to do the mitzvah, right? You, have, you say achilat matzah, you eat a matzah, you shake the lulav. But Birkata Torah is different. You don't have to learn Torah right away. But it's uh, it's an entire day. Like you have a whole day, you make a bracha. You can have the, but you know the 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 people who made the sitter, they didn't trust us. They said, "Make a bracha. He's not going to to learn." So, in the sitter they put a little learning, right? A little chumash, a little mishnah, a little halacha, something from the sifra about the Yud-Gil Midos, so you could feel that you did it. That you did it. <coughs> who should really do it? The women who don't learn Torah, uh, don't do Daf Yomi. If they don't, the, the women who do Daf Yomi, are, they're in the clear. But if you don't do Daf Yomi, you have to do that, do that part of the Siddur, because it's very important. And that's based on this Gemara. It's based on this Gemara. Now you have here on the sheet, on the sheet, you see, if you turn the page to page two, on the sheet it says, you see at the top it says, This is what it says, in many Sidurin, this next, next two lines. But it's usually printed very small, and we, uh, I don't know, Rabbi Yaakov Emden maybe decided, whatever is a big print, we say. Well there's a little print we claim that our glasses don't work for that got kind of a little print. We don't say it. But tonight we're gonna to say it. Listen to what it says. Say that the first thing, still a little print. Right? The incense offering the incense made out of a lot of incenses that's what we say we say we're saying the psukim about ketoret the incense offering that was brought every day with the korban tamid in the morning and the evening then we say the pasuk then we read the pasuk why do we do that why was that chosen why was that material chosen to fulfill the mitzvah of Talmud and why didn't we do something a little more convenient? Because in order to have a schut on Eretz Yisrael you have to learn the psukim that are connected to, to psukim that are connected, that are connected to Korbanot that's the deal if you, if you say the psukim that are connected to Korbanot that it's th- as though you did, you involved yourself with this idea of korban, right? First the tereid, then the korban tamid, etc. You involved yourself with all of that, and as a result, as a result, you reinstall uh, uh, the merit of korban note in your in your own personal world, and the schut of Eretz Yisrael is is maintained but if you would come and ask me if you come and ask me but, but what is the meaning of the idea I understand that it says that in the Gemara and I understand we want to say we want to do what the Gemara says we should do ok we'll do it but why, why is that the case why is it that that if I learn the psukim I did the mitzvah? who ever heard of such a thing now, this is connected, this is connected, I think, to uh, to a question. This is connected to a question that you might have, and that is the punishment for whatever we did wrong is the destruction of the temple and exile. Right? And this goes on. The Gemara says that the reason that the korban tamid was given was in order, to lecham, in order to atone for the sins of Am Yisrael. The Korban Talmud in the morning for the sins of the evening, and the Korban Talmud in the afternoon for the sins of the, of the, of the afternoon. That's what, that's what the, uh, the Gemara says. So when HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided to punish us by taking away the Beit HaMikdash, by taking away the, 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 and saying... You can't do that anymore. You can't give a korban tamid. You can't give it in the morning. You can't give it in the evening. But you can only do things that come instead of the korban. But we can't do the korban. So what happened to the tshuva that was connected to the korban? What? what, I understand that God could punish us, right? Believe me, in the chumash there's a lot of... Material about the details of punishment, Hakadosh Baruch Hu certainly punish us. But how do we get back to it? How do we reclaim ourselves? We don't have, we don't have an opportunity to do tshuva. I mean, like the Rambam says in Hilchot Tshuva, if you remember, the Rambam says, "Ein lanu All this other stuff in the Torah, which was necessary, somehow evaporated. And all we have left is tshuva. But why did HaKadosh Baruch decide to do, they could have punished us in any way possible, left us in Eretz Yisrael, broken down part of the Beit HaMikdash and demanded that we return to ourselves. But no, we were kicked out of the land and and denied the schuyot of the korbanot. That seems to me Double indemnity. Like we're, all, we're being punished and then we're being punished by not being able to return to where we should be. So I just... I, I, look at this, uh, the pre You see the pre is The pre is on... is in The, the pre had this issue. He said, Galut Bavel. is in the middle of a section of the קלות בבל היחנה לתורה כמו שאמרו תלמידי חכמים make it fancy, so the background to this statement in the preetzadeke is that the, that he was he, he he wondered about the talmud Bavli. He says he could not understand he could not well i mean he was thinking about it but from my point of view it's like he's saying i can't understand how it could be that the main torah that we learn is the torah of the exile of Bavel. And the Torah of Eretz Yisrael doesn't really match up to it, which I don't think means that you shouldn't learn it. But you see that the, the Minhag is that, except for some, uh, the Tafiomi is the Tafiomi of the Baveli, right? It's the 2700 Taf of, of the Babylonian Talmud. And the Babylonian Talmud is mo- mostly. In Bavel. It's true that a lot of the Eretz Yisrael Talmud is also in the Baveli Talmud. It's also true. But it's still mostly diaspora. He says, why diaspora? So, here it is. B'nai Yisrael. Bnei Israel are, uh, are preparing. Shmot. Shemot ve'erah bo v'shalach Yisroh mishpot and B'nai Yisrael are preparing to receive the Torah and the preparation for receiving the Torah as we have said previously the preparation for receiving the Torah is avdut not just incidental slavery but essential slavery, a slavery that has no end, that doesn't allow you to think about freedom. That was the necessary prerequisite to receiving the Torah, that we have to say. That's the way that it goes. There was first, there was Avdut, then there was Torah. So the Avdut must have prepared B'nai Yisrael, prepared B'nai Yisrael for the Torah. Why? In what way does Avdut, this kind of transition, going from one world to another world to the world of slavery to the world of freedom why is that so important for receiving the Torah receiving the Torah it seems to me it seems to me that if you think for a moment about the Torah you think about the Torah give it an Sinai. give it Sinai. where is Har Sinai? nowhere it's not it's not any place. I remember after the Six-Day War. Do I remember that? Yeah, I remember after the Six-Day War. I'm that old. That uh, people really wanted to go to Har Sinai. It was like, uh, they heard that in, uh, in uh, Midbar Sinai. There's Har Sinai. They look at it. Let's go. I remember that, that time. Rav, Rav, go, Rav, go, Rav, go. He went and he took a group with him. You know, he was like, uh, he was a very enthusiastic person. But then it was discovered that there were two Harsinai's. There's one in the north of Sinai, one in the south of Sinai, and you have these kinds of monks who are here and those kind of monks that are there. And so we lost interest. But it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do. Because I say again, where is where is Har Sinai? It's nowhere. It's nowhere. And you know about nowhere... You can't get anything. You can't do anything. So even though the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu received at Sinai, I'm not talking about quantities or, 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 or amount of mitzvot or Torah, but the Ramban says, the Ramban says in the introduction to the Torah, the Ramban says that uh, Moshe Rabbeinu also received all the mitzvot, all the mitzvot of the Torah. It was impossible for the Jews to do all the mitzvot in the Torah. In spite of what the Lubavitcher Rebbe said the Tanya, you couldn't get a lulav, couldn't get a nesro, it's not the kind of thing that you get in a, in a desert. They didn't have the wherewithal, they didn't know about, when Moshe Rabbeinu taught them about tefillin, he said, go put on tefillin, they said, what's tefillin? What are we supposed to do? How do you make tefillin? How do you get parashiyot? How do you get 600,000 people? Okay, I don't know how many males they were, but let's say half of them, or a third of them. Where do you get 200,000 pairs of tefillin? I mean, you, in, in other words, the Torah was given to B'nai Yisrael in a way which at that moment they could not fulfill the mitzvot of the Torah. So if uh, they couldn't they couldn't build a, uh, do the korbanot either because there was no mishkan there was no there was no place to give them the korbanot I mean so so <laughs> bnei yisrael had to receive the torah you, know, you have to receive the torah it's like it's like you got you get uh, you, you buy an appliance I mean la you buy an appliance. And then you get a fat book in the appliance which is designed somehow to make it impossible for you to figure out how to work it. And you have to call up somebody who has the same thing and say, what do I do? But you know that that's like, that's the reality. So you know that. B'nai Yisrael, we're going to receive the Torah, but they're not going to know what to do with it. Until Moshe Rabbeinu sits down and explains it to them. So how did they receive it? How did they receive the Torah? It's like if somebody gives you a present. So he gives you a present, a book that you're really interested in, but in the Chinese translation. They could like say, like in the Yeshiva way. you say, did you get anything? Did he really give you something? You just got a half a kilo of Chinese. You can't read it. You can't learn it. You don't know what it is. So what did you get? You didn't get anything. did you get anything. Did they get the Torah? Did they get the Torah? So apparently, apparently, this idea that freedom—freedom freedom is something of great significance—which comes out of slavery—this idea itself prepared Am Yisrael for receiving the higher level of Torah, not just what to do with it but what the intention of it is, how you could think about it, how you could come to conclusions about it. And that, that is what HaKadosh Baruch is telling Avram Avinu this Gemara and Tanis. HaKadosh Baruch is saying to Avram Avinu, no, it's, the, it's in the Korbanot, which is what? There are a lot of material in the Torah about Korbanot. The Korbanot are those elements of Torah that if you learn them seriously, you will learn them very seriously. there will be the special Matan Torah, the Matan Torah that overrides your inability to do the mitzvot. Now, I know that this could make some people nervous. Don't be nervous. It's not not worth it. So here you have, you have... HaKadosh saying to Avram Avinu if your children learn the Pesukim the, of Korbanot they will be the mekablei haTorah in the same way that Am Yisrael was the Torah at Har Sinai they will be worthy of uh, freedom and freedom means Going to Eretz Israel because Eretz Israel is the place where you can do more mitzvot. I mean, even the Rambam thinks that that is true, even though the Rambam made his choices. <laughs> like, okay, have a good Shabbos. So, so why can you read? What's the pretzadek? What? What's the point with the pretzadek? The, the pretzadek. Oh, Bavel. That's yeah. why he could be in Bavel because there's a higher level of Torah that is not connected to a place. But I think you need the place. Because it's hard to get to that. Okay. Thank you.